Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Okay. I'll be running. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay. So this is episode number, I believe it's eight of That's What She Said, in which I have a special guest, uh, Morgan Day Sissel, who is a wondrous and loving human being and uh, one of my favorite people on the planet. And she's going to talk to us about uh, romance and adventure and pilgrimages and a little bit of spirituality. And I don't even know because we haven't had the conversation yet. But uh, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello, Kristen. You're one of my favorite people. On How are you? Thank you. Thank I'm fabulous you. right now. We've established our mutual yeah. admiration society and we are good to go. <laughs> yeah. No, truly, though, you are. I know this is like a traditional thing to say at the start of an interview, like how much you adore the person interviewing you. But in, in this case, it's it's very true. It's actually true. I adore you. And I thank you for all you have done for me and all you've taught me and encouraged me. So I'm really happy to be here. Oh. So... Uh, when I was coming up with questions, I was like, well, we could do, like, bio questions. But to me, those aren't as interesting as kind of the um, the deeper sorts of questions. Um, so is that okay with you if we don't – I don't bio yeah. you, I don't ask where you were born and how many kids you – Right. How many dogs you had growing yeah, up. Yeah, just go deep. Okay. Just go right to it. <laughs> deep okay, to the cool. marrow of the bone. I like it. So tell me, what would constitute a perfect day for you? It's kind of a good place to start. Mm. Oh, gosh. Man, I have like three different scenarios for perfect days, one involving just me, one involving my family, and one involving just me and my husband. But I'll give you the perfect day for just me right now because I am here by myself without my family in Arizona on a farm, which yesterday was kind of the perfect day. I'll tell you what I did. I got up, and um, it was early, 530. I'm a morning person. I love being up with the sun. So I just roamed around with my headphones on <laughs> and um, listened to some music, walked around the garden. Then I got some eggs from real chickens. I lifted up their, their bums and I grabbed underneath <laughs> them <laughs> and I got real eggs out of real chickens. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, and then I just hung out um, with my girlfriends. We're here together on a girls' trip and we went hiking in the desert, which I love the desert. So that was wonderful and then we ate an in and out burger um and then in the evening time we did some foraging for some yeah that's like a word that's new to me foraging because we can just like go and pick things you can eat and things you can use um 
So we gathered some arugula and figs, and it's just like a dream, you know, like just eating. I'm from the city. I live in the city, so this is all like very novel to me. Um, but it was really perfect. And then we ate on the patio underneath the stars and like a string of lights and just laughed and talked um, and did some yoga and did some writing, and then I went to bed. Oh, and I had a two-hour nap yesterday, so that kind of was a perfect day, <laughs> one of the best I've had in a long time. That's one version. Ah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. Very so restorative. The restorative do. version of a perfect day. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. So you talk about a lot about romance and adventure, and uh, and you also do yoga and a bunch of writing, and I noticed that those were in your perfect day. Um, mm-hmm. But when do you feel kind of closest to your purpose for being on the planet? Like when are you like, oh, like the veil is thin right here. I think this is why I'm here. Tell mm. me about that. Definitely writing and teaching yoga. Like um, I, when when I get to um, encourage others to kind of draw them into like the light to which they are called to, like then then I feel like I'm closest to my calling. Like when I can like dispel the myth that the lies that we all hear that we're disqualified from the kind of life that we want, or for whatever reason A, B, or C, like we've messed it up, or we're totally like <laughs> you know disqualified from a beautiful life i love calling into that space and saying no actually you are more than qualified for the kind of life that you want and the kind of life you know deep down that you're made for and whether that's like through yoga and just like helping people be restored to their whole person body mind and spirit like feeling that um that wholeness come back together again, where they feel very connected to the breath in their lungs and their place on the planet and um, aligned with the best in them. I love doing that on the, just in a physical way on the yoga mat. But then also when I'm writing and I get to like just speak from my story and just kind of like, like kind of the darkness and the the places that I've been and the, what I used to believe about um, what I'm made for and what I deserve, and, to, and then now what I'm learning and healing and growing into, um, I I feel like the stars are aligned. Yes, <laughs> this is all good. <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to. This is what I want to do forever. And traveling, you know, getting on a plane with people too. That always, <laughs> this, that always feels like yes, we need to be doing more of this too. And I'm on a plane with some some girlfriends or my husband. I'm like, yep, this is it. Going somewhere and yeah, no, exploring really something. So. I think because it's interesting, because um, I think we all have the terrible, horrible voices uh, in our heads. What did yours used to say, and what did? How did you kind of tame them, and what do they say now? Mm, yeah, um, I think around fifteen, like my voice started saying that I was shameful, that I was um, like, do you, if you ever read the Scarlet Letter in high school, I was that girl. Like I wore mm-hmm. the Scarlet Letter. Um, and I think, um, like, just kind of really ugly things about, oh, like, you're a whore. You are, I mean, it's like really nasty stuff, but we're going to be honest with you. Oh, right. Like, you're a whore. You're, um, you're despicable. You're, um, you're unworthy. Like, you are worse than, like, the scum on the bottom of someone's shoe. Like, you're, you're disposable. Like, you're, I mean, just nasty stuff, you know? Your darkness, you are, you are evil. Like just really gets really bad. <laughs> like really believing um, that there's something about me at the core that was bad. 
not fit for society, not fit for beautiful things. That's just your general puberty? <laughs> well, um, no, I had a traumatic event. <laughs> I was okay. Raised and, um, you know, but that experience of being raped, um, that, I mean, I know that's not, unfortunately, a lot of people have that experience. But I think the worst part for me is that I didn't have a, a safe place to process that. And so all the feelings, I, I couldn't feel. Like, I, I wasn't allowed to feel. I mean, you talk a lot about feeling the feelings. But at mm-hmm. 15, I was, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. And I just was like, I owned it as like, I was the temptress. It is my fault that this happened. And um, it was something that I just had to take on. Like, shitty things happen to a lot of people. So just get on with it. And so there wasn't the space to talk about it. Um, I just went on to antidepressants, like that was a, a quick fix, like, yeah, you're depressed, you're withdrawing from the world, like, we'll just get you on some Prozac and you'll feel better. Um, so it took me 15 years, like, when I was 30, I'm 35 now, um, when I turned 30, I had this, just a kind of breakthrough um, in grieving what happened, and it was with a community of people that really um, gave me the space to grieve and um, mm-hmm. be sad for what was lost and, like, what and was put in that place because um, it was, you know, there's something that was really, it marked me at that time. Um, and and so, I've, yeah, I mean, you live with some voices for 15 years and it becomes like just a rut in the road. It's really easy to travel down that path. And like veering off that takes a lot of effort and momentum. And you just tend to like go back to the, the ruts in the road because that's what's been laid. Um so five years ago is when I started really learning how to, like, pave a new path in my, my own mind, in my own soul, um, mm-hmm. and um, to start heading really in the direction that I was made for and believe it and not feel ashamed about it. Because there was, like, so much double-mindedness I think we live with because deep in our deepest part of our being, we know. We've always known what we're made for. we always known what the best of us is and what we have to offer to the world. But then shitty things happen, and then lies get introduced and those lies are so loud that we hear them and then we fight them and then it's just like this ping pong back and forth and so much of our energy is is just like that rodeo right like just like one day you feel yeah. like you know exactly what you're called to and you have like this like you know you're like you just live in it you see it so clearly and you can you know you're going to get there and then the next day something happens and you're just you doubt everything you doubt who you are you doubt what you're eating for breakfast, you know, you know, like, you <laughs> yeah. live with that and how much energy is expended in that. And so I was like, that's this. I'm spending way too much energy just doing that ping pong back and forth. I need to learn what it feels like to just to step into it and um, to own it. And like not in a fake way, but like in a really deep, profound, like aligned way. And of course, like I'm still on that journey too. Like I think there's so much, yeah, we're always on that journey. But where I'm at today compared to where I was at even just five years ago, it's remarkable. I'm a different person, and um, I'm more true. I'm more I'm more secure and, I, yeah, grounded and able to spend more energy loving other people and less energy trying to convince myself, <laughs> you know, um, who what, what side of the team I'm on right then. It's the good side, the bad side. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. So tell me about, so you are currently, so what I know of you um, as your public persona is very positive, very beautiful, very like windswept on a beach doing yoga. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think most people would guess that that comes from a place uh, that that's born of trauma and grieving and then the healing that comes after that. So how did it go from um, the sort of breakthrough in grieving like five years ago into stepping into this place of romance and adventure and really claiming that? Tell me a little bit about how that's gone, how that started, mm. and where it's going. Yeah. Um, when I look back on my life, it's like so hard to see the moment where it just it started. It's kind of like you're always falling into this, right? You're falling into like what you're supposed to be doing. Romance and adventure, I can say, has been a theme in my life forever, even before I had the healing. And I just had a really um, unhealthy view of it. Just kind of like people like, you know, you love love and you want love and you just like have a really unhealthy like pattern of always choosing like the bad boyfriend one that like is totally abusive or like emotionally and so like I love the idea of romance and adventure since I was like just a kid just like loved stories loved just whatever that picture was of being just like swept away by someone and this is my version then like when I was not healthy I really felt like I had to put myself in a position where someone else would choose me for a romance and adventure that I couldn't create it on my own, but I had to become someone attractive enough, like um, funny enough or smart enough that someone else with more power could choose me and invite me along to their romance and adventure. And so what that looked like when I was a teen, obviously was like, Oh gosh, everything revolved around appearance. Everything revolved around how I looked and being like needing to be sexy, thought sexy and, um, being chosen by, I wanted to be hot. I thought being hot was a ticket to romance and adventure. Um, and um, and then where that got me was just in a lot of bad situations and a lot of broken hearts and just, you know how that goes. We all know how that goes. Um, and then the older yeah. I got, the more um, it was like, okay, there's got to be, you know, maybe I can do it like through my own, like pull myself on my own bootstraps and just have a lot of money and therefore I can, you know, pay for a romance and adventure. And it's like, then it was like all about traveling and I wanted to just go and see and do, which is awesome. I still want to go and see and do. But when I kind of had that big healing take place, and for me it was like a a really uh, a story of faith and conversion and like knowing, you know, just like a deeper spiritual shift happened for me. Um, Then the romance and adventure shifted into like something that was originated from the still quiet place in my soul that sometimes expressed itself in grand gestures, like when my husband and I rendezvoused at the Trevi Fountain in Rome, and then most of the time expressed itself in just really quiet moments of like just being tender and like taking a bath with oils, like just like learning this like beautiful self-care and like tenderness towards self and others that um, kind of like I found that like the more I was able to get just quiet and centered and um, present, the more romance and adventure began to unfold naturally. And, like, opportunities would just arise for, like, whimsy or just, like, I don't know, you know, just things would happen. And it wasn't something I had to, like, um, go out and search for so hard. It was just something that naturally unfolded the more I was able to get present and be comfortable in the moment and spend more energy on looking out into the world and looking out into others and less, like, internally, like, trying to, like, you know, manage myself, manage my neurosis, I guess. Um, So maybe ask a clarifying question. I don't know. That's really vague, but. (laughs) 
So how did it come to be? So you started to see it sort of unfold in your own life. The more you could be present, the more you could see that romance and adventure don't have to be this manufactured thing. It's like a $12,000 tour of Italy that they can be a smaller, simpler thing. And then when was it like, well, I have to share this with everyone else. So when did it become about, um, oh, like, this is something I need to tell everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. That's like, um, I think it's part of, like, what you are if you're a writer. Like, you just have this, like, you can't help it. <laughs> you just have to, like, share it with people. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, sometimes I wish I could just, like, go live it. Because, um, as you know, when you're in the middle of launching a product or something, it's like you are preaching something that, um, for me at least right now, like, I'm so happy I'm at this farm right now and just, like, getting restored and feeling romantic and adventurous. But last week in my own home, in my own life, I felt like the biggest hypocrite. I'm like, I'm like, teaching about romance and adventure, and I feel like my life is, like, the farthest from farthest thing from it right now. But then I remember that's, like, the natural thing of the way things ebb and flow, and I just need to get back to my center. And it's, it was actually a really helpful experience to know that, like, yes, life is going to, like, be this, um, come at you in all different directions all the time. And, like, your magic happens when you learn how to keep coming back to the center. It's like your restart. And then you can go forward and, and step into the romance and adventure again. But for me, sharing it with other people, like, I had a really hard time when I was pregnant with my son. Um, I was going to be a single mom. It was, like, a one-night stand with, you know, someone that I had been dating before. Not, not. I mean, we broke up. He was bad news. Did lots of drugs. Had lots of fun. But not a good not a good partner for life. Um, anyway, we ended up seeing each other. <laughs> good choice breaking up apart. with Okay. Yeah, what? <laughs> it was, good uh, choice breaking up with him. The bad news. Yeah, yep, good choice. Bad, and then, they, then we had a lot of champagne one Christmas Eve, and it was very, you know, sentimental, and we slept together, and uh, two months later, I found out I was pregnant. And so, I mean, at that time in my life, I was living in Santa Barbara. I was kind of going to school, but I was mostly just, like, thinking about where I could travel to next. I was, like, on an on-again, off-again relationship with this wealthy Italian man who could you know, take me on trips, and we, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of the life I want to live. Like, this is the closest thing to romance and adventure, right? Um, this is before, like, my healing happened and my, my spiritual conversion happened. And so I was just, like, searching for happiness and, like, the ways that you think, like, kind of like society, like the billboards, so you get it. You get it from, like, being um, married to the right person or having, you know, enough money or having the looks, whatever. So that's how my life looked. Then I got pregnant. And that changed dramatically because the people that you think want to be part of your life suddenly aren't anymore. And, you know, everything I thought about my identity was down the toilet. Like, I was like, who am I now? Like, what is this? I'm not even able to really take care of myself. How am I going to take care of another human being? I am not fit to be a mom. And all those, like, nasty voices of my youth came back about, like, shame and just I'm bad and all that all that stuff. So pregnancy sucked. It was very hard. I, I could go to detail about that whole journey. It was it was tough. Um, but from that, like after my son was born, there was just an amazing space of bliss, and like the rest of the world, like was muffled out. Like noise, it stopped for a period of time. I, I was, it was like a protected space of like just when he was just so small, and it was just him and I. And we lived at my parents' house in, like, this little cottage that used to be, like, a garden shed. And my dad so sweetly turned it into, like, a place for us to live. <laughs> but, like, anyway, those early months, yeah, it was, it was just him and I. And, like, I felt, like, protected from the world. I felt like I was coming into, like, what really mattered in this beautiful 
human being, and I just wanted him to, like, believe what was really possible in terms of living a beautiful life. Like, I never wanted him to feel disqualified the way I felt, and I never wanted any mom to feel disqualified or her kids to feel disqualified. So it came from that place of being like, I just wish someone would tell me right now what I know deep down in my soul, but it would just feel so good if someone further along the path could tell me this and they could tell me that I'll make it. They'll tell me, like, keep going in this direction. You're going to be fine. Like, I just really wanted to hear encouraging words. And because um, I feel like we all, like, deep down we do, we do know, right? Like, all of us know. Like, we're made for love. We're not made to live in fear. We're made for light. We're not made for darkness. But, like, oh, man, how nice it is when someone else who's lived through the darkness or lived through fear can call back to you and say, you know what, you're going to make it. I made it. You're going to make it. And this is how it's going to look, and it's going to be great. And it's so simple, right? But it's, like, so amazingly just – it's huge. So it's simple and huge at the same time, and that's my heart for why – I created the course and created the pilgrimage because I just want to be an encouragement to others. Um, Because it's a touchy word, and we're going to come back to returning to center and what that looks like for you. But so you said the word pilgrimage, and I'm like, ah, like I'm immediately like I'm in a cloak in Jerusalem like 1,400 years ago, pilgrimage. Um, (laughs) So tell me about the choice of that word, and what is – what does it mean to take a pilgrimage, a modern pilgrimage, and and tell me about – your hope yeah. for your own pilgrimage. Yes. So pilgrimage just means a journey to a sacred center. So um, I think that all of us need a journey to, to a sacred center, to the sacred center of our being. So traditionally it's a, at a place, you know, like the Camino de Santiago. It's like a pilgrimage to a church. and um, But I think... What really what happens on that journey is so internal. It has less to do, of, obviously, with the physical um, landscape around you and the way that, you know, what you're doing, but it has more to do with what's happening in the soul. And so I love the idea of this journey um, because you experience everything on the journey, on the pilgrimage. You experience, like, beautiful stretches of the walk and you experience the valleys, stretches of the walk, and you experience, like, hard times and... Um, breakthroughs and and I think a modern pilgrimage in a physical way would be like um, Cheryl strayed wild that was I mean something happened to her on that journey Mm -hmm. where she was different um, when she finished and when she started out and I think all of us want that we really I mean at a certain seasons of our life we know we need it and we need um the dedication to something like that because of all the noise in our life and the distraction and the things that pull us away from center and the things that can occupy, um, you know, in place of that journey. So we all, I mean, whether or not we're on a pilgrimage, of a, you know, an intentional pilgrimage, we're all on a journey. Like, we know that that's life. But I think when you set aside time for an intentional going deeper into it, and and I'm going to journey to a sacred center here. It's like it preserves the space and time to actually do the work. And I don't mean doing the work like you're, you know, it's like not a math problem you have to figure out, but it's actually just like showing up, getting present, going within, asking better questions of your life. Like I feel like that's so much what I do as a guide is just helping people ask better questions of their life, the questions that lead to breakthrough instead of like the same tape being played over and over again. Um, 
one of those questions is like, what if dot, 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 like, what if dot, 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 a lot of people think of like worry, you know, like the what if dot, dot, dot leads to like a spinning spiral of anxiety and worry about the future and regret about the past and all of those like unknowns that just cause people to like their stomach to like clench and just like in fear. But like one of the things we do on the pilgrim is learning how to ask those questions that actually open up space within us and that open up space in our lives so the what if becomes like a catalyst for like miracles and a catalyst for whimsy and a catalyst for freedom. And it's like even just that, like having um, the time and the structure, you know, it's nice to have a structure sometimes so you don't have to be thinking it's like a workout routine, like, oh, my gosh. How hard is it to think about how to, like, to show up at the gym and what you need to do? But if you just, like, step into the an hour with a trainer, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to resign myself to doing whatever you tell me to do today, and I trust that it's good for me, and I trust that there will be, you know, results on the other side. Um, that's what I've gotten from, like, just intentional times of going within and having a guide to help me, like, through those weeks. Um, so... Does that answer your question about pilgrimage? Or yeah, so this, yeah, um, so tell me about who needs to go on a pilgrimage because it's going to be so the people that need to go, I'm assuming, well, it's pretty much everyone, but uh, are the people that are kind of the most busy and frazzled and stressed and disconnected and feel like like life is just too much right now, and so how can I possibly make time for this? So how do you yeah. know that you're gonna that you need to go on a on any sort of pilgrimage, especially with you, Morgan Day Sissel. Mm. Um, I think the simplest answer is if you got quiet and and you, if you asked yourself, like, do I feel like there's more for me? Do I feel like there's there's more beauty for me, more freedom for me, more ability to love and be loved? Like that, any answer yes to that is like yes. Okay, I need I should carve out time for this and. The pilgrimage that I've designed, like I know what it's like to be to be busy and to have a life and to have a lot of different responsibilities, like to be as a mom and a wife and a business owner and all these other things. Like I know how hard it is to find time to do the personal internal work. So I made the pilgrimage so simple. Like it's each week you'll get an audio lesson and it's 30 minutes of a lesson that I'll speak over you. You can listen to when you're getting ready or in the car, and then there's workbook prompts to go with it. And um, I found that, like, it doesn't take hours and upon hours of, like, you know, just grueling over the self and, like, rehashing everything that you've experienced in life. Um, Sometimes it just takes, like, one little insight and then to stay with that insight the whole week. You know, like, you don't... It's like we are so obsessed with, like, information and more and more and more. But, like, what I really care about in the pilgrimage is, like, taking one simple thing and moving it from the head into the heart so you can just actually start living it with every, like, cell of your body. So um, it's not – it doesn't require a lot of time. If people have 30 minutes they can find in their week, like, they'll be able to get benefit from the pilgrimage because really what my job I feel like – is to help people create a safe space and preserve that space for themselves and then to guide them into even just one insight that could break through, like, something huge for them. And they're able to just walk freer into the life they already have. Like, this is, yeah, okay. 
it isn't just that it's one more thing to do. It's that there's there's more to feel and discover. And if you're like, I don't give a shit about this pilgrimage, it's fine. But go and find something that triggers that feeling of feeling and discovering in you. It's like, oh, yes. this is interesting. This is like you intuitively yes. reach for this book on the shelf. Like, go read that book. Make the time. Exactly. Um, I think people like just like sometimes this will help people that need, you know, but if you just have any, just like follow Follow what lights you up. You can trust what lights you up. And then make time for it. Just, like, make the small commitment, like, five minutes a day to read T.S. Eliot because T.S. Eliot makes you feel just like life is mysterious and beautiful and all of that. Like, just find that thing that gives you, brings you back to your center, that helps you slow down, that literally slows down your breathing and so that you can be present and see what actually is in front of you to notice again your life. And my yoga teacher that I had has this quote that I use all the time. And she says, all love begins and ends in the act of paying attention. And I love that. Like just that idea that like if I'm ever feeling without or I'm feeling the lack, all I need to do is come back to paying attention to what is right now. And all of a sudden, like what I need opens up before me. It's really so simple, but it requires that like, okay, I value this. This is so much more than it seems, this slowing down, this paying attention thing. Um, I think I believe that there's so much parts of us more than just our intellect. And, I, of course, I love the intellect. I love ideas. I love information. But we have, like, really, like, work that muscle of our being. Like, we, we have really big intellects, and we like information and knowledge. But there's so many other parts of us that um, – like are brilliant and can guide us and are really made to lead us, but we just haven't um, let them kind of step forward or have it at equal seat at the table. Like the head of the table is definitely the brain, where maybe like we could let the heart be the head of the table for a while or the spirit and then see how our life could shift. And it's not a matter of like placing one part of ourselves above the other, but learning how to be like integrated and whole and yeah, see what comes for me. Like when I've, the more I've done that, the more I've kind of gathered the scattered pieces of my life, and then um, let my heart speak. I have found that like the things that I really want and like the feelings that I really want to feel, like there's more room for them to breathe, and it, things happen so much more naturally. I don't have to force things or white knuckle things. It just begins to unfold because it was made to unfold that way. That's so lovely. So the natural side effect of listening to Morgan for me is that, like, my breath gets, like, longer and deeper and slower and my chest feels lighter. Um, I imagine that that's yeah. happening for you as well as you're listening. Lovely person. Um, so if you are like, well, I don't know, like, when's the last time you let your heart lead or your spirit lead? And if you're like, that's a luxury, that's just stupid. I can't, that's an, That means that it's been way too long. <laughs> <laughs> the more, the yeah. more quickly you shut that down, the more it's like, oh, Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so uh, Morgan is currently uh, rounding people up for the uh, Romance and Adventure Pilgrimage, which starts uh, any day now. And so May 30th, um, if yeah. you're listening, May 30th, which is very soon. So mm-hmm. if you're interested and you're listening, there's a link uh, in the podcast notes. If you're on the podcast app, you can just magically click and it'll take you there. Um, and even if you're not interested, I encourage you to to. Find those things that feed your heart and spirit and let – I love the metaphor of just 
of like the brain is always at the head of the table and just let something else lead. It doesn't even matter yeah. what. It's like your body, fine, yeah. like go run. Let the body but, lead, totally. Um, yes, that's a good, do that. Do that often. Yeah, do any of those things. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, so I know that I tend to give really kind of hardcore business advice. And so the other side of it is like, what if we let the heart and the spirit and the body, any of those elements lead? What would that look like and where would that take you? And uh, mm-hmm. the answer is that it's not going to make your to-do list longer. It's just going to take you into a, a deeper and fuller life. And I think Morgan is, like, incredibly qualified to, to take you there and mm-hmm. to provide insight into where you're going. Thank you. I think so if I about the business stuff, can I say real something about the business stuff? Just, like, sure. what I found in my own life. I think, at least for me as a business owner, like, what gets me stuck the most sometimes is lack of clarity. Like just lack of just there's so much that could be done if you're if you own your own business and you're wearing wearing like a zillion hats you're like marketer you're a salesperson you're you know product designer you're everything so so much of like for me that gets me stuck is just like I don't even know what is the next right thing to do and that's when I know that I need to get out of my head and let something else starting to lead me because there's an intuition and a brilliance that I'm not tapping into because I'm in to-do list mode and I am in production mode. Um, And I've found that, like, kind of, like, the way presents itself, like that, you know, it's kind of like Zen Buddhist. It's like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And the student becomes ready in ourselves. Like, we are the student and we are the teacher. And it opens up to us, like, from, like, what we need to do, like, next in our business to make it more profitable, to make it more successful, to make it what we want it to be happens, I feel, when we're able to get clear. And how do we get clear? I think it really requires our head and our heart and our mind to be aligned and our body. So, I don't know. If people want a justification why they should do the pilgrimage to help their business, I feel like it's about the clarity. No, I love that. But there's something to be said for it. If you just push the business pieces and then ignore all the other pieces of your life, your life will just fall apart and the more you ignore it the more spectacularly it will fall apart mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes you could go for like a slight yeah. falling apart versus like oh the whole thing collapsed um yeah and so so if i want to go and stalk you and your your lovely work um where do i go where do i visit um yeah help me well, help me find you on the internet okay if you are an instagram type then you can find me on instagram at morgan de cecil um, or at Romance and Adventure. Um, and if you are into yoga, um, other stuff like that, or just write, you can find me on my blog, morgandaysusel.com. And, um, yeah, I'm not much into Facebook. I'm I'm really bad at Facebook <laughs> and Twitter, all that. <laughs> it's just like picture. My dad's like tagged me in pictures, and my dad has a conversation with me on Facebook, and that's about it. <laughs> but um, Instagram, I love I I I love um, curating. You know, I feel like Instagram can be a place where you curate your life, and it's like you can be real, but you can also um, create beauty and share beauty with others. And so, yeah, find me there. Find me on my blog. Call me on the phone. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not very good at talking on the phone. Thank you. Fantastic. And I will have uh, magical links in the show notes to help people uh, find you and track you down and, and talk about romance and adventure with you because it's, it's always fascinating. Hmm. So uh, Thank with you. that, 
I'm going to I'm going to wrap up and stop recording, but uh I I want to thank you again for for showing up and uh being your, your wholehearted self. It was so much fun. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you all who are Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.